Radio Newark, the home of Radio Newark Sport. Weeknights from 7. Radio Newark Sport. Brought to you with Smith's Timber Merchants. For all your fencing, decking and DIY needs on Appleton Gate, Newark. Visit smithstimber.co.uk. Tonight, and for the last time this week, it's Strictly Mick and Tony. Plus two, no less, as we take a look at the big stories of the week. Playtest Tony. Find out where all the big sporting events are going to take place. And Chris Hassel joins us with a Jags wheelchair basketball update. And hopefully we finally catch up with Graham Welsh with the delayed Striders report. First of all, as always on a Thursday though, some of the big stories that um, I'm sure we're not going to agree about. And now I've finally got Mr Smith sorted out. Luton Town and Barnsley have secured promotion back to the Championship after Tuesday's results saw both Portsmouth and Sunderland lose. Pompey lost 3-2 at home to Peterborough while the Black Cats were beaten 2-1 at Fleetwood Town. I think Sunderland not going up automatically has got to be the biggest footballing failure of the season. But maybe... Bolton Wanderers, are their players correcting going on strike over unpaid wages? Or are they letting supporters down by refusing to play? Saturday's championship clash against Brentford was postponed with the Trotter Stars boycotting the game in protest of unpaid wages for March and April. And there are major doubts whether the crisis hit club will even finish their campaign. As it is, their last match is against Forest. The football world has blasted Patrick Bamford for stitching up Leeds and spoiling his reputation after his antics in the crazy one-all draw with Ashton Villa. The white striker has been charged with simulation and in the last couple of hours he has received a two-match suspension which um, rules him out of the first leg of the semi-final playoffs. And a complete breakdown in trust has led to Alex Ailes being left out of the England World Cup squad, a decision which has been endorsed by the senior players according to the Welsh captain Owen Morgan. Hales was withdrawn after an off-field incident which was reportedly a test for recreational drugs. Everybody in the senior players' meeting agreed it was the best decision for Alex to be deselected, said Morgan. We believe it's the right call. Made considering everyone in the squad. Now, he's allowed to play for Knotts again because he served his suspension by Knotts. ECB have not suspended him. The players have obviously got their heads together and deselected them. So another question for Tony. I thought you had teammates and I thought teammates were supposed to support somebody who'd got problems. There you go. Not that we're going to be critical tonight of anybody, Tony, but uh, let's let's start, if we may, with um, with last night. I didn't see a lot of it because I had to, to, pop, to pop away, but uh, 350 people watching a Newark 11 versus a Nottingham Forest Academy 11. The bit that I saw looked a decent game. It was a very... I mean, for 150, I was quite... I thought I was a decent crowd. I was quite impressed with that. Um, good night for Newark football. Yeah, it was. Um, I don't think anybody... Um, that I've ever spoken to thinks it's a bad thing that... Uh, Newark Town and Newark Flow Serve get together. It's a pity it's not a permanent thing with one banner rather than just a one-off for a memorial game. But um, it was a really, really good performance by Newark FC and uh, they went 2-1 up, belting goal by, um, by Mr Chambers. Um, and basically, then Damo decided... Uh, that he had to take uh, Luke Parsons off at the back and uh, Chambo off up front and um, a little bit of superior fitness I suppose with it being full time uh, Forest youngsters resulted in a 3-2 win for Forest um, Damo has said if it was a, a cup match or if there were points at stake he wouldn't have made the two substitutions that he did but I think the turning point and 
extra fitness over 90 minutes probably determined yeah I've, yeah I thought it was um you probably right. and, and and it was right that in that game that everybody got a run out oh, yeah. I mean you can't take you can't have 15 people there and not give 15 people a run out can you no no it was uh, it, it was what it was um, an exhibition game if you like but um, I think the fact that Newark FC wore white shirts black shorts black socks as they did uh, back in the day certainly when they beat uh, Forest to win the uh, Senior Cup or Forest Reserves to beat the Senior Cup in 1906 that was the uh, team the New York team picture that was in the uh, excellent programme that sold out 15 minutes before yes and uh who won the competition to, to see how many times it, it said written by Tony Smith in it? I don't, don't think it did, did it? Yes, it did. I don't think it was more than twice on each page. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, right, let's just go back, Tony, as we do on a um, on a Thursday night and talk all things um, national. Do you think Sunderland failing? to get promotion is a disaster I mean they may go up through the playoffs but Sunderland on their wages I mean Catamol's still on Premier Division wages when you consider the position that they were in it is quite astonishing that they should uh, you know catechismically fail to get automatic promotion because they really were in a very very strong position but um, you know the um, the other teams have, have rallied around them and um and, and Sunderland have failed to last the pace. I mean, they've still got the playoffs, but you know the, uh, the 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 track record in the playoff situation isn't all that great. And uh, it's very much uh, squeaky bum time for the Black Cats, isn't it? It it is. It's a crying shame. Awful. Terrible. <laughs> Don't you like Sunderland? Um, how can I like Sunderland? Where where those two are? Well, I would imagine in 1973 and the victory against Leeds well, United yes, gives me the, more reason to... Uh... They've only just dropped out of my top few. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, are Bolton's players correct in saying, hang on a minute, you ain't paying me, I'm not playing? It's a difficult one, isn't it? Um, in theory, yes. Um, but, um, you know, everybody needs a wage in the bank um, and and if you get a lot of money you live to your means don't you so it's not as if they're footballers they get loads of money they should have stacks in the bank well if you're getting X thousand a week you live to X thousand a week don't you if, you, if you're on £36.15 a week then you sort of cut your cost accordingly but if you're getting loads of money you, you splash it about a bit I would have thought I did when I had loads of money when I for, for a brief six month period. You won't tell that was what you were. <laughs> no, but I, mean, so I, I, I worked for the BBC uh, for a, a twelve month period, two uh, shifts of uh, six, two separate six month contracts, and I lived like a king. Oh my god! I bought a second hand soft top sports car for cash. You know, it's, it's just you, you, if you got it, you live it. And so the Bolton lads obviously can't afford to lose two months' wages. So you look at it that way. The other side of it, you play for the shirt, don't you? Or is that sentimental? But you don't, do you? You, you? Let's go back to... Let's go to last night, because the Liverpool fans are whinging on that um, Suarez shouldn't have celebrated when he scored a goal. Pass players' wages. That is rubbish. You know, I mean, it's absolutely rubbish. I mean... You know, this is this idea of players not celebrating when they score against their old clubs is, is just pants. But we're talking about Bolton Wanderers players not playing for the club that their supporters would pay thousands of pounds to play for. Yeah, and and you're talking about playing for the badge, playing for the shirt. But you know, I mean, if if you, I mean. It, it, it's, it's a difficult one about financially. I mean, if we had money, we'd have microphones that worked, wouldn't we? It's, that's just the way it is. That's like Exactly. You know. I've pressed the buttons now. <laughs> you, 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 you can't get the drive time staff. <laughs> this is the problem. But, but I mean, basically, it's, um, it's... As a football romantic, I would say you carry on playing for your club, for your shirt. You carry on playing for the badge, for the trotters. But 
if you've got somebody who's not been paying you for two months, it's the human nature. I think. Well, stuff you then. Yeah, yeah and uh, you know, I, I, that, that, that's. Um, I think you actually said last night that you wouldn't be surprised if the if the game was over after one game. I said no, Liverpool will score. I was wrong. You won't hear that very often. Liverpool should have scored. They had enough chances. But you know what? I went on and you looked completely gassed when I said that the Manchester City manager wasn't up to it because in 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 Europe, hmm. Klopp. That's why. Okay, Liverpool lost last night because they was playing against the second best player in the world. We know that. But he dropped Alexander Arnold, who is arguably his player of the season, and decided to go defensive. Liverpool at the best is when they've got two wing backs and three up front mm. going at people. They would have scared Barcelona to death doing that. But they no, they sit back mm. for twenty minutes either side of half time when Liverpool did take the game to them, they should have scored. I would I would say that not only the uh, wing backs bang, um, bombing <coughs> forward, but I would think that Trent Alexander Arnold is probably the best crosser of the ball in uh, English football at the minute, and 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 they took away that tremendous threat. Didn't they? I cannot, for the life of me, Tony, understand why you spend nine months busting a gut to get in the Champions League. <sighs> you get to the big matches in the Champions League. And you don't pick your best team. City didn't at Tottenham. Yeah. Liverpool didn't last night. Why? But when I left Flowserve last night to drive home, I did um, that English football thing, I must have confessed, to beat the crowd. There's only one track gets out of Flowserve, and then there are 350 people who all, Shocking. Se- all seem to have come in individual cars. That that car park was rammed. So I, I nipped, beat the crowd. I went at half time. I nipped out with two minutes to go, so I'd have, a, I'd have a clean drive home. And it was 1-0 to Barcelona at that time, goal by Suarez. By the time I got home, that bloke Messi had scored two more. Yeah, I mean, the second was fortunate it come down off, off the mm. bar and hit him and went in. That, OK, I mean, the third one was... You can say it's a fantastic free kick, although I would argue that no top-class goalkeeper should be beaten by a free kick 30 yards at. But it was a good free kick. Um, what I can't understand, Tony, is you've got a free kick 30 yards at, so how many times are you going to score a goal hitting the ball from 30 yards at? Not that many. Even Messi, not that many. Why put a wall there <laughs> that you can't see behind? So it's now 20 yards that you've got to see the ball come in. <laughs> why don't you just put two in the wall just to make sure I don't hit it straight uh. and then you're going to see the damn thing coming <laughs> I, it's, it, it's, it's a very fair point well made I just cannot underst- understand it I, I really can't but I, I think Klopp made a mess of it last night Yeah. I think I think he did a really good job and then he didn't really allow for two goals from Messi if it had stayed at 1-0 with a goal from Suarez job done if there's losing three one, I think they'll stand a chance, but not three 0 And I bet when Suarez scored, his teeth were offside anyway. So oh, well. I, I think it was a good performance till then. But Lionel Messi is just a football genius. So I think you're right. It's going to be a Barcelona Ajax final. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I didn't want it to be, but no, it's um, obviously um, you know a British football fan would want it to be Liverpool Tottenham, but. Uh, Barcelona, Barcelona, and Ajax are the best football team in the world at the minute. I think, well, no, Barcelona and Messi, but I think we're, um, I don't know if we want to hear the last of it. Just um, in this little section, and I've saved it till last, I mean, we, we talked Patrick Bamford on Monday, I don't think there's any, I think um, Patrick always has struck me as being a sensible young man, and I, I think he'll probably agree it wasn't one of his, yeah. his better moments, but we all make, we, we all have... Um, it wasn't his finest hour, but... Uh, and the trouble nowadays is there is, at these matches, there there's cameras yeah. everywhere. And if the main cameras don't get you, some fool's going to be standing there with a, a phone in his hand. Yeah, I mean, you just, you just can't really do anything in the modern day with social media, but you think twice about it when you know for a fact there's 300 cameras <laughs> taking, taking film of you. But, um, I mean, it's just... Um, it's, it, as I said the other night, you can't defend the indefensible. No, and he... he he, he got that wrong, and and and, and for as much as we love Patrick Bamford for being a local lad, 
at that moment it was a price pillock wasn't it yeah it was and um you know and he's he's strong enough to hold his hand up and said okay i'll learn he's not strong enough to lead the line on his own which is more important well, for yeah, yeah um and talking of people that's got it wrong alex ailes god yeah i mean my my argument or or my quandary in all this is that knots have banned him and he's served the ban what's the problem now my argument in all this is how old is he now Seven, well yeah i i, I 17 I, 18 I, is no, he? I, no no he's 30 yeah i take all that grow I take, up i take all that on board i really take, but the fact is is a ban a ban or is there something else about Alex Ailes that you and Morgan and the others don't like? I, th- I think a ban is a ban as long as it suits people. It's a bit like a contract. Yeah. I think you're probably, you're probably absolutely spot on, on there. Right, we've got a busy 40 minutes coming up because we're going to be talking to Chris. So we're going to hopefully finally catch up with Graham. Poor old Graham is <laughs> <he's> absolutely distraught. <laughs> Business weekend on the Strider's calendar, eh? Yeah. And the, and, a... and the phone decided to um, <laughs> to have a wobble. We're going to do a quick... Um, it's going to be a very quick um, test, Tony, because, Tony, it's um, <coughs> it's also the end of the month. So we've got to look back at April and somehow decide between us who our stars of April are going to be. And I haven't put half of the ones down I, sh- I should have put down, but... Um, I only realised on the drive here it's a Sports Thoughts Free Week as well. Yes, it, it is, because I, we've... Blame Graham. <laughs> <laughs> Blame Graham for that one. I was going to have you looking forward to the start of the cricket season, to be honest, but uh, it... Um, well, it didn't work. Well, with the weather forecast, that's just as well, though. So, let's see if we can start the busy 40 minutes up on Radio New at Sport with Chris Hassel. Okay, to the telephone lines and Mr Chris Hassel. And, of course, if we talk to Chris, we're talking Jaguars, Wheelchair, Basketball Club, Newark and Sherwoods, Club of the Year. So, Chris, what have you got to tell us? Because you've been on the national stage again. Oh, absolutely, Mick. Uh, good evening to you. Yes, our um, juniors uh, went to what is known as the Elite Eight, which for wheelchair basketball was the equivalent of, of the sort of playoffs. So the top eight teams in the country um, all arrived at Sheffield uh, last weekend uh, to see who would, uh, if you like, come through out of those top eight. Um, uh, we, so we start, started off with a quarterfinal against uh, a team from Thames Valley, um, as you can imagine where they're from. Um, and unfortunately, despite the fact that we were quite hopeful in that game, we actually were narrowly beaten by about six points. So um, the team, um, you know, losing quarterfinals therefore means that you're playing for a fifth, sixth, seventh and eighth rather than having at least two shots at a medal. So uh, the, the, uh, the team picked themselves up from that um, and then played a team from Coventry. Uh, unfortunately, they narrowly lost that one as well. But um, the, the reason they were really happy with that was the fact that the Coventry team were an extremely strong team um, and, and lost in their quarterfinal to the likely uh, uh, winners, which I'll come to in a minute. Um, which unfortunately meant they lost that game as well. And then they were then playing for seventh and eighth. Uh, but they played very well in the last game and they beat a team from Northern Ireland, the Belfast Knights, um, who historically have been very, very strong. Um, and so they came seventh overall. Um, and what happens is that the two teams uh, that win their semi-finals um, then go through to um, the the ultimate playoffs of wheelchair basketball, uh, where they're playing in a stage alongside some of the senior teams uh, of basically men and women. Um, so we don't actually know who's the champions yet of this country. Um, that will take place in a couple of weeks' time. But uh, the Jack Unis are great. Um, you know, very, very proud of them. They, you know, they played well, they scored well, they played well as a team. Um, and this time around, they came seventh. But, um, you know, you never know, um, um, you know, for future years. You know, some of the players are ageing out. So, um, we, you know, we're looking, as ever, for more and more juniors. Um, so if you're listening to this and you know somebody who wants to give wheelchair basketball um, a go, who might be of that sort of age, please come along to the Magnus and uh, we'll give you a chair uh, and you can have a go. Brilliant, and um, I, I know you finished seventh, but that makes you the seventh best junior basketball team, a wheelchair basketball team in the country, and that ain't bad, you know. 
Oh. Correct, absolutely, and 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 they did win all their uh, matches to get to the um, playoffs. So that you know they, you know they've played lots of basketball this season. I've done really really well. So you know we are very proud of them. Um, and um, you know next year's another season. Next year's another tournament, as ever for everybody. So has the basketball season now finished? No, no. We've got uh, Jags one and Jags two. Um, I've still got two games left. Uh, one game each. So Jags 2 play uh, away in North Wales in Colwyn Bay of all places um, uh, and that's next weekend um, and then Jags 1 have got a, a game, uh, I think their game's against Oldham uh, a week later and when those two games are finished those two teams would have finished their season um, and this this coming week Jags 3 who play in National League Division 4 so this is our, our development team new uh, new players people coming through um, they're playing at the Magnus Sports Centre this Saturday um, from 11 o'clock until 5 o'clock. We've got two games uh, against teams, I think, from Hull and uh, I can't remember where the other team's from. But, um, you know, there's basketball at the Magnus Sports Centre if people want to come and have a, have a go and have a support. And once the season has finished, of course, we have then got to arrange the big match. Uh, that's what you said you were going to do, mate. Yes. So, um, uh, um, um, play their last game on Saturday. Um, you've got to get your last games out of the way so we don't get anybody injured or anything yeah, absolutely. silly. Absolutely. Um, um, well, uh, well, you know, we'll see if we can sort that then. Maybe. Then uh, at least the Newark lads are um, coming to play wheelchair basketball and uh, that will be arranged and will be sorted out. Brilliant. Anyway, it's good to talk to you, mate. All right, Chris. Take Thank care. you so much. OK, then, Bye. we'll catch up with you very, very soon for the... Uh, you absolutely will. But well, well done from all of us to the juniors. That is one heck of a performance. Oh, it, 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 it really is. Very, very, very proud, and, and well done to them all. Chris, thank you so much. OK. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Do you think Flo Serve will have forgotten about playing wheelchair basketball? Because, I'm, I'm um, sure they will. But uh, they was all up for it, as I recall. But that would be a, a, a wonderful occasion, wouldn't it? Yes. I'd, 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 and it's one I'm going to make sure is going to happen as well. I, I, I think that calls for an outside broadcast. I'm sure we've got to do it. With... <laughs> we'll have to arrange something. I'm, I'm absolutely sh- sure of that. Um, <laughs> yes, I wonder if there are any better wheelchair basketball than they are football. We will find out, <laughs> I've no doubt. This is where we play Test Tony, but we're going to play a very quick Test Tony tonight. I'm going to talk about some birthdays, Tony, because on the 29th of April in 1966, I'll give you the name, you tell me something about him, Phil Tufnell was born. Phil Tufnell, the cat. He wasn't called a cat because he was a great goalkeeper, it was because he could sleep in anywhere in the dressing room at any time. (laughs) <laughs> in 1970, on April the 29th, Andre Agassi was born. Yeah, um, absolutely fantastic tennis player. Um, Did he marry Steffi Graf? Hmm? Very good. Yeah. Right. I'll give you that one. And on the 30th, in 1990, Jonathan Brownlee was born. Triathlete? Yes. I Got- mean, him and his brother have really not created a sport, but... They may as well have done. They've, they've certainly created uh, quite an empire around themselves, haven't they? With all the various adverts for Yorkshire products. <laughs> um, <laughs> I believe they do also do a bit of athletics, don't they? The 2nd of May, which I think <laughs> is probably today, isn't it? It is, yeah. In 1969, Brian Lara. Brian Lara. Probably um, the best local angler is Chris Scott, brother of Nick Scott, former captain of New York Rubber Club. Uh, Chris Scott was playing against uh, Warwickshire and dropped Brian Lara when he was on about 21. And uh, Scotty said to the slip cordon, I bet, he, I bet he goes on and completes his tongue. And uh, that was uh, the very famous 501, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and in 1975 on this day, a certain David Beckham was born. Question, yeah. who would you rather have taken the free kick? Leonie Messi or David Beckham? Danny Meadows. <laughs> I've seen some of Danny's free kicks. <laughs> Bless him. <laughs> no, I've never Beckham talking about an in, a private industry. He's, he's done remarkably well, hasn't he? For somebody who, in my opinion, 
he was a brilliant dead ball specialist, but if he's an American footballer, the sort of person you'd bring on, wouldn't he, for the, the kick? Yeah. But as a person, I read his... Uh, I rate him. I read his um, biography. Um, I would have read his autobiography, but I lost the crayons. But, uh, but basically, I read his biography, and it is a cracking book. I mean, like, all about meeting posh and stuff like that. I mean, it's it's a lovely, lovely book. You know, I mean, uh, get a lot of people criticise him, and, um, you, you know, see, you see, a lot of it's jealousy, but he's a grand lad. <laughs> the papers have tried their damnedest to split them two up. Yeah. They really have tried so, so hard yeah. to find some dirt to split them up. They've got four wonderful kids, and they're still married. And whatever yeah. you say about Victoria Beckham and David Beckham, <laughs> they've rode above it. I just love the idea of naming your child Brooklyn because that's where he was conceived. And I just think that's a lovely, lovely gesture. I wonder how many children on Hortonville are called Broadway Bogs. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, I'm going up to Newcastle at the weekend to <laughs> see the grandchildren in Stapleford Woods. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, stop laughing because there's been a couple of deaths to talk about. Oh, okay. um, and um, on the 1st of May, um, age 34, we lost Erton Senna at the San Marino yeah. Grand Prix. And that was the last really big name i think to die in a in f1 and since then they've really got those cars as near as they can you know when people get knighted for nothing people get knighted these days for sort of you know the the the, the slightest thing sir jackie stewart it was probably is probably the greatest knighthood of all time for what he did for safety in his chosen sport. Absolutely incredible man. And um, yeah, Ayrton Senna was one of the last ones. And but Jackie Stewart raced at a time when three or four people died every weekend, mm -hmm. and and it was just what he did to try and protect his friends is awesome in sport. Not what he achieved on the track, but what he achieved off it. My goodness me, has never as a knighthood been more richly deserved. Um, by the fact I can't count, there are two more people who sadly passed away um, on the 1st of May. Not this 1st of May, but on, on 1st of May. Age 90, a gentleman by the name of Ted Lowe. Oh, the whispering voice of. Yeah, I mean, he was Mr Snooker, wasn't he? Um, I'm really enjoying... The job that I've got at the minute uh, enables me to watch a hell of a lot of snooker while I have breakfast after my lollipopping. And, uh, you know, but Ted Lowe was, you know, was the sport. And, um, you know, it's, it, his, his commentaries are right up there with the best in any sport. And on the 1st of May as well, age 76, we lost Henry Cooper. Hmm. He, he would have beaten Muhammad Ali... But for, uh, but for the cagey little fella in, uh, in Ali's corner that split his glove after Henry uh, floored him in 1964 with his famous left hook. And uh, that, that would have been a very, very famous sporting victory. Split his glove, tell me more. Uh, basically, uh, the, uh, is, is, uh, Ali's corner man, uh, Dundee, Angelo Dundee. Angelo Dundee. Uh, Crocodile's brother. <laughs> but basically, um, Henry Cooper floored him and the bell went. And so Dundee looked at Ali's eyes and thought, whoa, we're in trouble here. And so got out his little pen knife and cut a chunk across Ali's glove while he sat in the corner and they go ding ding round whatever and Al and Dundee goes hang on a minute we've got to repair this glove mate and it just gave Ali time to get his sort of senses back together and that delay enabled him to go out and go right then whoa that was close and it was a brilliant brilliant piece of gamesmanship or cheating or cheating but you, 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 you've got to condone cheating when it's brilliantly done okay and on the 2nd of May in 2016, Leicester City won the Premier League title at, at odds of 5,000 to 1. Mm. 
never happen again. It was a pure fluke, and it would never happen again. He says, full of confidence. It makes, makes you wonder how it happened. I, I can't believe how it happened, because Arsenal, particularly Arsenal, managed to throw it away. They've got all these conspiracy theories about a lot of things. Man walking on the moon, the yeah. Twin Towers, and all the rest of it. How the hell did Leicester City get away with that and nobody saw it? It's on the same level, isn't it? Mm. Right, we have got to um, nominate or, or put some teams and individuals up in um, in our little awards section, so at the end of the year we can sort of look back. Um, I give up here before we even start. The team performance of the month. And the nominations are... <laughs> Newark Rugby Club under 16s for beating Derby and winning the Notts Lincoln and Derbyshire Cup. Collingham under 18s who beat Lincoln United to become the county's under 18 county championships and by the end of the month they have also won the league and the league cup to complete an historic treble. Newark Tennis Club men's first team who are promoted after a 100% winning season. Long Bennington, under-18s, crowned the Knotts Youth League Division 3 champions. And RHP Colts for winning the Midlinks under-15 League Championship. Over to you. <laughs> Don't shake your head on the radio. RHP, 100%. Because um, I was always neutral at the advertiser, despite supporting RHP and uh, nothing's changed and it was an absolute joy to see um, a top top manager of this town in action I would have gone with you and I, I, I still may well go with you but Collingham's under 18's performance of winning oh, yeah. the treble it, it's yeah. just it's just it can't be ignored it can't be ignored but I now can be biased RHP. Yes. Well, I'm not going to be biased. <laughs> I'm going. I'm probably going to award them both the Rob Wildman I'm sitting on the fence trophy because <laughs> that always strikes me as the easy way out nowadays. <laughs> the individual performance of the month, and this one, as much as other people did fantastically, you will know where this one's going when I read them out. And the nominations are Newark Athletic Club for. Um, Newcastle Athletic Club's Chloe Hubbard um, for some great results, including the Lincoln 10K second place and a first place in the first round of the Knotts Summer Athletic League. Just before you read the other ones out, can I just say Jess Weaver? <laughs> <laughs> Newark Strider Simon Roberts for rewriting the club's record books at the Manchester Marathon. Simon was over the moon after covering the 26.2 miles in a new personal best and the fastest ever Strider's time of 3 point. Three hours, two minutes and 48 seconds. One week later, Lewis Hopkinson breaks the three-hour barrier <laughs> for the first time by a Striders runner. Lewis Coxey, Collingham under-18 goalkeeper for his man-in-match performance in the County Cup final. Speed, speed skater Freddie Polak for winning the Scottish Open. And rugby star Jess Weaver, <laughs> who captained England under-18s against Wales in the Principality Stadium. All those that know, all those that know me... <laughs> and all those who know the Weaver family as well will know what the answer to that because one is with due respect lovely. with due respect to everybody else <laughs> um, moment of the month was Adam Holland completing his epic John O'Groach to Land's End run not fast Andy Pritchett proposing to yes. Liz at the Cutty Sark during the London Marathon <laughs> and Gary Hatwood alting play in the final league match against yeah, Welton, yeah, yeah. who had gone down to 10 players for injury to even things up and take one of his own players off. Um, I think you're probably... Which one are you going for? Adam, Andy, Gary. Andy Pritchett. I used to take medication to his mum, Margaret, and uh, that, that, that's my vote. And, and out of any, all them... Any son of Margaret is a mate of mine. That'll do. I can see you working this out, logically. <laughs> you've, been a, you've been a great help here. You've never accused me of logic before. Right. Um, <laughs> the star, the overall star, either individual or team, of the month. Um, and as much as I'm going to go with the team performance of the month as Collingham under 18s yeah. for achieving what they achieved, my stars of the month 
is a team that had to win their last five matches and those last five <laughs> matches was played in about 12 days including, including away trips in the middle of the week to a Grimsby side that manipulated that match Easter Sunday away to Skegness yeah um, Gary has it has can letters. only be Mr Atwood and his RHP under 15s Gary has admitted that getting the, everybody to Skegness on Easter Sunday was aided considerably by the fantastic weather of that particular day. Not a not, not an issue going to Skegness when it's glorious, but Grimsby on a Wednesday night for a half a six kickoff. Night. I mean that that was cruel. When it takes four and a half hours to get out of Newark because every road's blocked off. That was that cruel. That is an incredible. But if you thought that was cruel, the Metropolitan Police play their step four playoff match on Bank Holiday Monday afternoon. The Surrey FA have refused to move the Senior Cup final, where the Metropolitan Police play Tootin and Mitchin, scheduled for Tuesday evening. <laughs> Can you believe it? I mean, I don't know the full story. I do know they are supposed to play a playoff, a playoff match on Monday, and 24 hours later, play a Senior Cup match. I thought the FA was supposed to be there to help people but there again that's me being extremely naive and that's the sorry fa we're getting at there and moving on before you say anything <laughs> you might regret to a weekend which is dominated by two cup finals and the world gig racing championships <laughs> so we'll start what's up now gig racing yes we'll start with the gig racing championships because they're held over the bank holiday weekend every year at, at St Mary's on the Isles of Scilly. Ah. Oh. You do know what gig racing is? No idea. Overgrown canoes. Big overgrown canoes with about eight people in them. A bit like a bit like the boat race, but with proper people. <laughs> <laughs> not hooray Henry's. <laughs> not like not like Wimbledon. In in the olden days when the ship <laughs> come off Cor Cornwall Devon on the south coast, um the you would get this this boat and the locals would go out to it if there was any mail to be brought back so they could send it up to london yeah so the the mail got there before the ship did that that's the sort of thing but and now they do it there. so it's a it's a world gig racing championships and i'll bring you a full report on it next week are you going i would love to i would love to go to that just just for me and uh and, and our listeners out there where are the isles of silly well, you should know. Scotland play at football. Off, 20 miles off Land's End. Ah. Oh, dear. You can tell he's never been out in Nottinghamshire, can't you? No, that's... Right, that's, that's, we that's do that. have two big cup finals to look forward to this yeah. weekend. Um, we can't cut ourselves in half, obviously, so we're sending Tony to the football, and I am going to do the rugby. <sighs> the football, New York Flow Serve, are playing... Clifton or Whites. It's at Clifton. It's a one o'clock kickoff because the circus is in town or something. That's not Flow it's, Serve. It's, it's, it's not the circus. Uh, it's um, a bank holiday weekend fairground is being held on Clifton FC's uh, Lido Ground car park. And they need to be, they'd be ready and setting up the uh, stalls for uh, five o'clock. Uh, we have got two coaches going, um, leaving uh, Lowfields at uh, 10.45. So we've got a 49-seater and a 53-seater. Anybody wants to come along, 10 well, quid return. Why you know the names of the seats? 10 quid return, we leave... Yeah, all right, thank you. We, that's enough of we the... We leave Clifton yeah, at 4... Right, let's shut him up. Yeah. Right, you can't hear a word that's being said. When you when you stop doing a party political broadcast, I'll put, you, I'll put it back up again. Um, so it, it's FlowServe against Clifton. FlowServe are the favourites, but... Clifton will never ever lie down and I've seen them in, in finals and semi-finals yeah. before. I think it's going to be a tough match. Folks will have to just kick themselves back into gear after a couple of bad results really or they're probably going to end the season on a low but I would like to think the favourites and I would like to think they'll end the season with a runners-up medal and um, a cup winners trophy and then it suddenly becomes a very, very successful season. Uh, Newark Rugby Club are paying Nottingham Casuals. Casuals are have won the division below and will be playing Newark in the league next season. That's, like the football, almost too tight to call. Mm. On paper, Newark should win it. But Casuals have had one heck of a good season. Um, 
I wouldn't like to call either of them. I would love Flow Serve and the Rugby Club to win. Mm. Um, and we'll find out next Tuesday night, because not here Monday, obviously, because we don't do bank holidays. We're too posh for that. Um, <laughs> not on these contracts. Not Good on Lord. these contracts. Good God, no. Um, so you're going to give us a report from... Yes. Clipston, and I will do whatever I can from the rugby club and more to the point craig roach and rob wadman will put it correct for us lots of cricket this weekend he says um collingham play wollerton at dalefield it's west bridgeford against Bolton, both a division a matches division d it starts with fondon playing hicklin and bingham playing newark in division e it's flintham against sutton bonnington in g Cornton play gedlin and in h as eden told us on tuesday night it's Bolton twos against woodborough Please, please, please. Doesn't matter if it's cold because Eden's got more than one jumper. It doesn't really matter. Just let's see if we can get some cricket played this weekend. Try and stop dry for the afternoon, and let's bring two trophies back to Newark as well. And that that would be uh, what I think would be a good weekend. Yeah, I'd, I'd just hope that um, Newark Rugby Club um, proved to be uh, too good for casuals, and um, I just hope that um, flow server not too casual for Clifton <laughs> you well yeah I, I just hope Newark flow serve players they've shown that they can do rather than players they have done in the last two games of the league season yes let's just um, let's just hope for that right time to cross the fingers hope for the best we're going to try and find Graham again ok time to pretend it's Tuesday at quarter to eight because it's the Striders report from the man whose mobile phone refused point blank to work on Tuesday and we missed the Possibly the biggest report of the year, but never fear, we never give in. Graham, good evening, welcome to First Day. Good evening, yeah, it's nice to be here, and uh, yeah, thanks for sitting us in. Had one of those modern uh, day problems uh, where the phone signal dropped out at the very worst possible <laughs> time it could. Anyway, right, this is all yours now, um, leave it to you. Right, so, yes, we'll start, where, could, where else could we start, really, uh, other than with the marathons that we ran at the weekend? We had 11 New York Striders doing marathons this weekend. And the start in London, we'll be at four in the iconic uh, London Marathon. The first to finish was uh, Mark Jackson, three hours, 30 minutes and uh, one second, followed by Mary Swindles, four hours, 36 uh, minutes and uh, 48 seconds. And then uh, Kat Scott in the new personal best time of four hours, 47 minutes and uh, 15 seconds. And Sarah Jane Cobb, five hours, 24 minutes and 13 seconds, which was also uh, a PB. It was a big club outing as well, there's quite a lot of striders went down there on the train to uh, uh, to, to support the, the runners, so it's a really good day out but uh, it was by no means the only marathon running of, uh, of the weekend, we had seven at uh, Blackpool and uh, the first two striders home were uh, Noel and Nicole Henderson and they both won their age group uh, uh, races uh, in, in, in the Blackpool Marathon, so um, uh, three hours, 42 minutes and 40 seconds for um, Noel, which is a good trade qualification time for the London Marathon next year. So delighted about that. And again, uh, a PB for uh, Nicole Henderson, four hours, 56 uh, minutes and 47 seconds. So both of them first in their age categories. Uh, Karen Ellsley doing her first uh, ever marathon, uh, four hours, 57 minutes and 56 seconds. Heather Green uh, also doing her first marathon, uh, five hours, 27 minutes and uh, 56 seconds. So both of those, by definition, PBs. And we had a was running around with Sarah uh, Whitaker, who ran in five hours twenty seven minutes and fifty seven seconds, and Matt did five hours thirty three and sixteen seconds. There's plenty of other stuff going on though over at Thorsby. There's the Longhorn event, and uh, uh, we had people taking part in various uh, races that were taking that were taking place there. We had the first uh, of all in an ultra race, sixty kilometres, if you don't mind. So that's a bit almost like a one and a half marathon. Adam Jackson, the new club member, five hours, 29 minutes and 55 seconds. So he was third overall in that uh, ultramarathon race. And in the 10K, we had Luke Tall, um, one hour and eight minutes. Katie Gebbertas, um one hour and nine minutes. Jamie Latham, one hour and nine minutes. Uh, Jenny Palmer, one hour and nine minutes. And uh, Emma Ashwin, one hour, 21 minutes. And in the 5K, Simon Palmer, 27 minutes and 48 seconds was first in his age category. Up at the Yorkshire Wildlife Park on Sunday, Kirsty Barringer, uh, she ran the 5K race there in 37 minutes and 10 seconds. Um, oh, we've mentioned a few times this year already the dark and white peaks 
uh, sort of peak races, trail races to take part in the Peak District there. And it was the third and final event in the Dark and White Peak Series, 14.7k races, tied to First finish of the four striders was Emma Gilbert, one hour, 27 minutes, and there uh, 40 seconds. So she got a gold time award. And there, uh, Becky Cliff, Steve Pudgett, and Tracy Partridge uh, finished in uh, in two hours. So, uh, yeah, so rough terrain up there. Back Saturday, and we had park runs at Belton, Fleetwood, Upton Court, Ipswich, Mansfield, Sherwood Band, it sounds like a train uh, train line, this Kingston, and then, of course, Newark, where Anthea Moisey did a 50th park run. And then going backwards in time to Wednesday, it was the first of the Summer Series races. That's at Hexcree Hall, and uh, 39 striders were there, uh, taking part in what was 5.1-mile uh, off-road race. And after the first of the five rounds, the men's and ladies' veteran teams are both in 11th place in the series, so there's a few races back to go, and I'll keep you up to uh, up to date through the summer as we go through that one. So in terms of what's coming up, we've got uh, the Bank Holiday Weekend, so not often too many races on Bank Holiday Weekend, but we've got the Sleeping Half Marathon, uh, so a fair number of New York Spiders will be heading up up day 17 on that Sunday morning to take part in the Sleeping Marathon, so... Um, that's all the Striders news. That's pretty exciting stuff going on. You see, it was a big week to miss. We couldn't, we couldn't possibly miss that. I, 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 I mean, I, in my world, Graham, running a marathon is is slightly mad. It, it, running an it, ultra marathon is just this insanity. Ultra-mad. Yeah, yeah. When fire at five hours and twenty nine minutes, if you don't mind as well, you know, bear in mind... It's an amazing, it's an amazing figure. It's only nine minutes longer than I took to run the London Marathon. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's it, it, uh, 60k. So that's pretty amazing. But uh, so it's, a, it's a very uh, high-quality, top-class athlete, isn't it, Adam? And uh, welcome into the club. How, how do you... Uh, unless you're a professional athlete, Graham, h- how can you get gear the body up to running that time in that distance I just it's just it's incomprehensible to me I don't know I mean it, it, he's, he's got age on his side he's not uh, you know people like me will never see 50 again so he's got age on his side but it, it's some natural talent proper training I mean he's a professional um, you know professional personal trainer so he, you know, Adam himself is you know he, he is really an, almost a professional athlete really in in, in in the non-financial sense, so you know he, 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 he understands everything about fitness and nutrition and strength and training, and uh, so he's got commitment and natural talent as well. I I, I wonder. I'm I'm so pleased I wasn't born with a name of Adam because I think it must be the name. <laughs> yeah, there's something about that and long distance running, isn't there? Yes, there is, isn't there? And I'm I'm sure that uh, yeah, I'm, I'm so pleased I'm I, I wasn't christened Adam because. <laughs> There's no way I could do do that. <laughs> oh, but it, it, it's, it's absolutely brilliant. We, we must we must have him we must have him in on the show and 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 have a chat. Okay. Uh, and, and and get him sorted. Um, Graham, we will catch up with you again. It's a um, busy weekend and um, lot lots to talk about. But uh, Tuesday night, um, quarter to eight. As long as your phone agrees, we'll talk to you again. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Bye now. Bye. It has. It is Tony. You've got to be called Adam, haven't you? Yeah, I, I just don't know how people can do that sort of distance at, at that pace. It no, just, it's it is, just it's beyond. I can't drive that fast. No, it, it just is quite incredible. It isn't. It's it's just. And there we go. Five minutes ago, and we've had yet another week on Radio New York Sport. Um, we got, got five minutes to fill. Oh, go on and tell us your snooker story. Tell us your snooker story. Two buses and um, no, <laughs> gone. And yeah, um, the, the, you the, was listening to Mr. Smith. The snooker story. Yeah, I put it up yet. Yeah. I can't trust you. Right, yeah. we'll go for it. It's but, got a snooker story. But basically, I was, I was watching the, uh, the the snooker while, while having my lunch today, and um, uh, it, it was announced that the um, disability championships are going to be held at the Crucible. So there'll be a full house at the Crucible, which is uh, a cracking experience. I worked in Sheffield for a while and managed to snaffle two semi-final tickets to take my dad for his birthday many, many years ago in the mid-80s. And it's a fantastic experience. There's only about 
3,000. It's not very big, is it? Is, not, is it still played there? Because I thought it was going to move it because it's not big enough. This is, it's, it's, it's basically a theatre that yeah. holds about 3,000 people. Yeah, it's not, uh, nowhere near big enough what but, they want to do. But, anyway, go on, carry on. It's a remarkable atmosphere. Anyway, they're going to hold the world disabled, I think it's the world, they're going to hold the disabled championships there. Um, and, um, to give the disabled competitors a chance to compete in front of a full house at the, uh, the home of snooker. And admission price is £1.47. Which I think is absolutely superb. And whoever came up with that idea is a genius. They get, they get your unbiased vote. Yeah, fantastic. Vote for the night. Um, Tuesday night, Eden trying to come in and, uh, being the, the brave girl that she is, she brought her mother with her. And uh, they told us all about a fundraising event that's happening on Sunday um, at Bolton Cricket Club. And uh, the mother said she was going to bite her tongue about something. And when I raised the subject that uh, I'd, I'd raised the opinion, it's the first time I'd heard her trying to bite in their tongue in the uh, third of a century I've, I've known the family. She did say she was only trying to buy marriage. <laughs> 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 so we had a great fun with Eden and yeah. um, and mum on um, Tuesday night talk, talking all things cricket, all, all things um, fundraising and uh, yeah, we had a good laugh and that one is already being podcast so you can have a listen, you, you can have a listen to that one, our podcasting team are absolutely on the ball this week. Um, last night we, um, I met it with a, somebody <laughs> I've not seen since 1990 would you believe, um, when we talked to Keith Whitfield who's now vice-captain at... Um, you're still sticking to that 1990. I noticed not 1890. Yes, yeah. um, <laughs> at New York Golf Club, and um, we obviously talked. Um, we talked a lot about golf, and uh, I think it's getting popular, more and more popular. And like him or loathe him, the Tiger Woods effect seems to be bringing people back to golf. And I'm still don't know where I sit with Tiger Woods. In all honesty. I can't deny it's one of the greatest sporting comebacks that we'll ever, ever see. One of the patch on our layout boxing. <laughs> no, we'd have to have a patch on his... Um... <laughs> <laughs> this is a week that saw Gary Atwood and Dean Hyde, two young managers both sitting there with um, a trophy on the mantelpiece, and uh, uh. we've spoke, um, we speak to Paul Hyde on a regular basis, but yeah. Dean, son of... Paul, um, with young managers like Dean Hyde and Gary Atwood coming through, I think local football is, pro and to that matter, Damo and Craig, I think local football is probably in safe hands. It, it is in terms of management, uh, and and Dean is a real chip off the old block, um, with Paul as his dad, but um, we both expressed the opinion that um, in five years' time, Gary Atwood will be managing a football team at a very high standard in this town. I'm I'm sure of it. And if he really wants to, it can be out of this town. I think you're stuck with the lads that he's brought through from. But we we will see where those lads end up because when university beckons, who knows? Who knows indeed? And of course, we must congratulate all our marathon runners on the weekend. It's something that mm. you've done and I couldn't even contemplate yeah. doing and uh, a fantastic achievement. It's on that marathon because it's obviously a short week next week. We've got one guest only Have this we? week and that's on Wednesday night because we're having a, de a delayed weekend wrap on Tuesday. It's just me and you on Thursday. One guest only Nettie Stevens is coming <laughs> in to see us next Wednesday night because she's conquered the London Marathon and that is probably going to be one of the achievements of the year mm. netty conquers london so that's it so let's just hope mm. we get a cup back from callum road and we got a cup back from clipston and we're all celebrating next week celebrating now the dean anderson show we are